And as they make their way back to their families, I invite you to stand as you are able as we come to God's word here in one of the four accounts of Jesus' life. This is in the gospel (coughs) of Luke. (coughs) Whoa. Over the next eight weeks, we are going to be exploring what it means to have ordinary lives, but lives that are far from ordinary, ordinary people being, being called and God moving through us. And we're looking at it through the lens of one of the, mo- of the people that um, God says will be his rock, his best friend, the first person he calls. And so we're going to be looking at key moments of one of his disciples, of, of Peter. And maybe you know a lot about Peter's life, or maybe you don't. But one of the things you need to hear um, is that if God can call Peter, look out. Because he may call you and me too. So we're going to talk about that more over the next eight weeks. So it's in Luke chapter 5. It's Jesus calls the first disciples. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, And the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, (coughs) he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything, and they followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's a new year. Happy New Year to all of you. You know, for many of us, when that calendar turns, it's a chance to look forward, isn't it? Now, for some of you, maybe a few of us, and it seems like less and less are making resolutions to make ourselves better as we look towards our futures. But I do know this, whether you make a resolution or not, that New Year's a chance to what? To reset, right? To look forward to something new, to leave other things behind. So when, you, when you're thinking about this new year, I, I have a question for you. What do you hope to leave behind? So as you're moving forward, what, what is it in 2020 that you think would help you to let go of? 
Now, now Jesus comes into these people in this, their ordinary lives, and Jesus, they hear directly, they hear him preaching the word of God, and crowds are pressing in on him. And as he's preaching, he realizes he can't go anywhere else, so he spies a couple boats, and he, he asks one of them, Simon, who he will later name Peter. Peter means rock, his rock, the rock he's going to build his church on. He asks Simon, the owner of this boat, he says, hey, can I, can I borrow your boat? I, I need to teach from there. And so that's what he does. He pushes the boat out, and from the water, so that the crowds can't come in anymore, they're all around, he preaches the word of God to them. And in this, as they preach now, Simon and his partners, we, we find out they're James and John. These are the, these are the first three disciples that are called by Jesus. Now, they realize, now, Jesus is not just anyone. He is, he's a teacher. He's a rabbi. So in the beginning of this, we hear this, that he, Peter, in the very first time he addresses him, he calls him what? He calls him master. Now, in, the, in that language, that would mean rabbi, teacher, mentor. He knows he's a respected person. He knows he, he, must have really, he must really know the Jewish scripture. And so now Jesus does something wild. He, he actually calls Peter and James and John to be his disciples. Now to be a disciple for someone uh, 2,000 years ago, this is the pinnacle of Jewish society. This is exactly what you wanted. I mean, you're hoping if you win the lottery in Jesus' time, that was it. If a rabbi said, you're good enough, you are going to be the one that is going to follow me and learn from me and grow in God's word. Now, most Jewish boys and girls, by the time they were 13, they knew the Torah by heart. So by the time they were um, in confirmation age, young teenagers, they knew the first five books of our Bible Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy by heart. Now, you know, sometimes we have like memory verses that we do with students and they freak out when we have one or two. Can you imagine this memorized? And almost everyone, almost everyone was able to do this to some degree. But if you wanted to be selected, if you were hoping to be, uh, to, for a rabbi to come like Jesus and to ask you to follow him and become his disciples, well, then you, you, had to, you had to really buckle down. So you would continue your schooling even more. And these people, by the time they would be called, would know the entire Jewish scripture by heart. 39 books, this entire part of our Bible, by heart. There's a lot into that, isn't that? And it wasn't just that they knew it. They also did schooling so that they could apply it into their lives. They also would not only do that, they had to lead exemplary lives. We're talking, in other words, if you were chosen, if you were called by a rabbi, you had to be the best of the best of the best. This is like the top gun version of, of Jesus' culture. And that meant life was going to be different for you if you got chosen. 
it meant life was going to be better. People would look up to you. People, you would learn and maybe you'd even be one step closer to God himself. This is a big deal. So what happens in the scripture is mind-blowing. Did you see, did you listen as I read this? Jesus didn't once, not once, did he give a pop quiz about Scripture to Peter and James and John. Did you notice that? He didn't say, oh, well, um, can we talk about Scripture? Can we, can we talk about, about the laws and see what you know and what you don't? Now, any self-respecting rabbi, that's one of the prerequisites to following him, that you'd at least know God's laws, that you would know what was that our Old Testament. He doesn't ask them that. He didn't ask anything about how they lead their lives. In fact, you know who he goes to? He goes to not pastors or priests or Pharisees who were the ones that knew God's laws backward and forward and everyone looked up to them. That's not who Jesus calls. No, you know who Jesus calls? People like us. Because <laughs> I'm guessing, this is a wild stab, that today as you sit here, I'm guessing you don't know the Old Testament by heart. I'm guessing there's a few of you that may not know many verses. And what if that is not a prerequisite for you and for me in 2020 for God to actually, just like Peter and all the rest, for God to call, <laughs> look out, you and me. Because that's not what Jesus is looking for. So I want to look at this because I think if we uncover what happens here, not only does Jesus himself pay attention and say, these people that no one else would choose as followers of other rabbis, that Jesus paid attention to them and said they're worthy. So let's look at this. So in this first time when he, he is actually, um, he's actually put out the boat, and now this is what he says. He says, hey, one more time, can you put out the boat out to the deep? And look at Simon, who will be Peter, his response. He says, Master, uh, that's the Greek. We have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Sigh. Yet if you say so, I'll let down the nets. First of all, Peter, he doesn't know much, but he knows how to fish. Now, he wasn't chosen by any other rabbis. He wasn't chosen because he's not the best of the best. Far from it. No, He's gone back to his father's trade, a fisherman. And he's done okay. He actually owns his own boat. He's like the middle class of fishermen. Yes! He's on to not only a boat, he might even own his own house someday. This is going to be amazing. That mortgage will be paid off by the time he's retired. It'll be sweet. And in this, he knows as a fisherman, he's put out the nets time after time after time after time after time all night long. And he hasn't even caught a bluegill or a small little bass. Nope, he hasn't caught one fish. 
So you can hear in this where he's like, Master, and he's saying, Okay, I know, I know you're a good teacher. I know you are someone that I could trust about God's word. But teacher, you don't know my trade. But if you say so, I, I have enough respect for you that I'll just do it one time. So that's what he does. He lets down the nets. And, and did you catch what happens? They haven't caught one thing after casting again and again and again and again and pulling it up. There's nothing in there. And yet this time, he starts to pull up and he can't do it. The nets that they have that are made really strongly, I mean, this is their livelihood, they, we're told they start to break. So much so that that other boat, he has to call his partners, James and John. He says, come on, come on over. And they come over and they can't even pull in into the boat yet. And, and they're helping each other. They pull into both boats as many fish. It's unbelievable. They've never caught such a haul. This is a fortune in, in gills and scales and fish that are in their boats. So much that the boats start to sink. This is crazy. Stop. They've never seen anything like this. And so now, now Peter, an everyday person, he knows something. This is not just a master. No, now he knows with this supernatural thing that has happened, something he, he cannot imagine, now he knows he's someone else. So this is his response. When Simon Peter saw this, this is his, the only thing he can do. He falls down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Remember, he called him master before. Did you notice what he calls him now? Go away from me, Lord. He knew about him. He knew he was respected. And he knew he must know Scripture and God's Word and the laws and all the good things. Now that this has happened, it shifted. Now he knows this is God's son. He calls him Lord. And his first response is what? Get away from me. I'm not good enough for this. So in this, I need to ask you something in 2020. What are you hoping to leave behind? I asked you that before, but I'd like you to think about that really. As you move into this new year, what are you hoping is it an addiction? Is it some situation that you know you, you shouldn't be in? What's causing you to feel like Peter? Sinful. Messed up. Not perfect. Because Peter's first response is, I am not good enough. There's no way. If this is God himself, I, I, I just, no way. Can he pay attention to me? He's going to be with me? There's, there's no way. I, I just can't do this. What is it causing you to feel like Peter? Now, I have a deeper question for you because here's, here's the crazy thing. Jesus calls this sinful person that thinks he's not even good enough for Jesus. He calls him to follow him, to be the best of the best of the best, even though he hasn't earned anything. And as he calls him, even though his response is, I'm not worthy. This is what he does. He leaves everything and follows him. 
That means he leaves his boat, which is really valuable. That means he leaves, they, they said he leaves immediately, leaves everything behind. That means he left, remember that record haul of fish that's causing the boats to sink? They left those. I'm talking maybe a year's worth of their salary for them. They leave it immediately because they realize this is an opportunity of beyond their lifetime. So what are you hoping to leave behind? And here's a deeper question. What do you think God wants you to leave behind? Well, as we move into a new future, I'm here to tell you, just like Peter, we are going to find out over the coming weeks, if you don't know Peter's life, Peter messes up royally. He screws up all the time. He does some amazing things. God does some amazing things through him, but he continues to be a sinful man. And yet, God loves him. God pays attention to him. God calls him. So as we move into this new future, I am here to tell you, are you ready for this? God's calling you too. Whether you feel like you've earned it or not, whether you know your Bible or not, backwards and forwards, or don't know a lick of any verses, God is calling you and paying attention to you, and God in this new year is saying, I want you to follow me, and I need you to leave leave something behind. And the very first thing, here it is, I need you to leave someone behind, and here it is, you need to leave Peter behind. You know what that means? Like Peter, you need, to, you need to leave behind the preconceptions that you're too messed up, too sinful for God to care about you and love you and work in your life. So we got to leave that preconception behind us. And by doing so, we're, we're not going to do it perfectly, just like Peter. We're going we're gonna to fail. We're going to mess up. But now he's asking us to follow him because guess what? You know this. Even in 2020, I'll bet you have family members, you have friends, you have coworkers, you have someone in your life that feels like God would never move in their lives, would never pay attention to them because they've, they've messed that up just like Peter. We've got to help them know that too. So guess what we get to do in 2020? Are you ready for it? We get to fish for people. And that means if we do so following Jesus, it means our nets are going to start to break. It means the things that we pay attention to, the things we put stock in, the things we think are valuable, they may start to sink. They may start to break. That means there will be obstacles. There will be failings. There will be things that we thought were exactly what we needed in life. And God is calling us in the middle of that to help others know that that's not what they should be putting stock in either. So today, let's leave Peter behind and move forward into God's call, into God's future. Happy 2020. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. You called ordinary people like, like Peter, someone who knew, he knew himself, he, he's not worthy of that. But that's not why you love him. You, don't, you didn't love him because of anything that he knew or any achievements that he had. No, you just loved him. 
God, help us to feel the same 2,000 years later. Help us as we move into this new year to leave behind any notions that were not worth your attention and love. And help us now, not to do it perfectly, but to answer your call to us, to realize we're going to fail. The things we put stock in, the, 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 the boats and the nets that, that, that we do, like our, boy, our savings and our homes and our, our, our cars and our, all our stuff, that those things will break and sink, but not your love. So help us to move, move forward from here, leaving those things behind and knowing that you have a new future for us, one that's scary, one where we'll mess up and fail, but one that you'll pick us up and that you'll help us to love you and others. And all God's people said,